ladies and gentlemen, we are doing a slightly different introduction today because Mr. Eric Bridges is not with us right now. Uh, I mean, he's still alive. I said that weird. Uh, but instead, we have a special guest for you. My name is Matt Lamb, and I'm here with our first official guest on the... Wait, no, we might have had a guest before. I can't remember, but this is Brad Gilbert. Hello, thank you for having me, and happy Halloween, everybody. Yeah, actually, this should be out around Halloween, so cool. Nice. I don't I don't know exactly when it'll be, because this is... Oh, wait, no, this, this might be episode 10, 11? I don't fucking know. The perfect 10. Oh. Yeah, the, exactly, the perfect 10. But, uh... I'm glad I could come here and just, you know, fix the whole show for you. Yes, <laughs> yes, you're definitely solving the issue cuz, you know, when Eric, when you eventually listen to this, look what you look what you've made me do. I I am I'm forced to get out of my comfort zone and invite people into my home. And uh Eric, for the record, I am going I am totally trying to single white fem- female you here. I'm going to start dressing like you and <laughs> gradually taking over bit, bits and bits of your life. Yes. This this is all part of a grand master Absolutely. plan. Absolutely. This is what happens when you don't show up anymore. <laughs> But no, f- uh, seriously though, thank you very much for coming here, Brad. This was I very much appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me here. I'm very excited. Oh yeah, no, fuck yeah, this is gonna be fucking dope. Uh, so I'm gonna go ahead and get you know we're gonna do this a little bit more on the nose today because Eric isn't here and we're not gonna bitch at each other the entire time. But uh, today we are talking about Mother. Yes, Mother by Darren Aronofsky. Yes, and. In true fashion, uh, Brad is taking Eric's role of actually researching things, because I don't pay, because uh, uh, to all of our apparent, we have listeners now, which is kind of cool, there are people that do listen to, shout out to the early birds that have actually adopted our podcast, thank you. Woo, here's out, shout out to the OGs. Yeah, exactly, you're going to be our friends, and then when we get our Patreon, you uh, I won't make you guys pay or something. I don't fucking know. <laughs> and when, as Matt gradually starts to sell out to the man and uh, you start hearing ads for e-cigarettes and everything like that, just remember, you can now brag to all the future fans that you were here back when it was good and pure. Exactly. Back when I wasn't as much of a narcissist. I'm still a narcissist, but less. I will be like a uh, shout out to future me. Like, go ahead and eat a dick. Like, I'm pretty sure future me is already looking back at past me like, yeah, you're right, you sellout bitch. Hey, I'm future Matt Lamb here, and I'm here saying, look at all my money, motherfucker. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, in all honesty, I, I'm as soon as I can, I'm going to sell out. Like, I'm the, I have no morals. I like money. I want to retire early. And uh, I, I think that uh, I, there's, no, there's nothing more I hate than folks who are like, yeah, I liked him before. Basically, folks who say, you know, I liked them back when they were poor and unhappy. <laughs> I, I liked them when they were poor. That's That sounds about right. But no, uh, so yeah, we're talking about Mother, which is just a mother in, you know, forgive the pun, but it is a motherfucker of a movie. I uh, I love this movie so much, and it is it is a motherfucker. Yeah, that's, that's, that is one of the, I think, one of the main reasons uh, that I've chosen brad to be our guest but also because brad's a good guy and he's a, he's uh, if there's any person that would know anything about horror movies like he's probably my first go-to i could not think of anyone better to be my co-host for today uh and to kind of give you all a basic introduction as to who i am and uh, I, I i'm a member of the local des moines comedy scene and i work i've been working the open mics for quite a few years and i love me especially like deep psychedelic horror movies are my jam i'm a huge fan of aronofsky uh alejandro yodorowsky is another big fan of mine john carpenter those are kind of my holy there's a little holy trinity of uh 
the sorts of horror I really like. The, the Italian horror stuff is absolutely up my alley. Oh, yeah. Oh, and uh, if anyone hasn't seen it yet, go see Mandy. Pay money. Go see Mandy. Make Panos Cosmatos rich because he deserves it. And I still need to see that movie, so I need to get in on that. But, yeah, uh, so I've chosen Brad to talk about this movie because we were, you know, shooting the shit about it for a while back. And I was like, you know what we need to do? We should just talk about this on a podcast. So this movie starts with uh, a pretty interesting scene, and it, it definitely... I think in my opinion, if this, if the movie didn't start with the opening scene that it did, it wouldn't have grabbed my attention as much because, uh, fair warning, this is something of a slow burn when it's not burning as hot as, like, there's not there's not really a lot of interim. Mm-hmm. There, there's definitely a lot of, like, this is really, it starts out, you know, it's very calm, it's very, you know, like, oh, what, you know, you're trying to figure out things, and then the tension just slowly rises to the point of chaos. And that initial opening scene, so the in- initial opening scene, uh, and for the record, I'm assuming spoilers are assumed. Oh, yeah, I mean, this. yeah, if you're listening to, yeah, I mean, we, we, we talk about, we, we have the movie title in the episode. Like, if you're listening to this and you are worried about spoilers, like, you're dumb at this point. And well, and one thing I'd also want to kind of touch on, based on point with this about, one of the things I really love about, like, especially psychedelic horror, you can tell someone exactly what happens during the movie, and it really doesn't ruin watching it. I could tell, and like, even after you listen to us talk about it, it's not the same as seeing it on the screen. Absolutely not. Um, yeah. So this uh, this opening scene is, it, it, it looks like to be a burnt down house, or just a house, like, filled with ash, just something desolate, and it slowly appearing to repair itself and turn into a uh you know not burned down house and it's you know you see you you pan around the house and everything slowly starts to sort of reform and then we see our female protagonist in bed and that's kind of the opening scene and it is Jennifer Lawrence yes. of all people and there's an important thing that will uh, I mean cuz we I think we're going to kind of stumble over the fa- this fact uh, here repeatedly is that our main two characters are only referred to as him and her. Yes. Which uh fun fact, I didn't realize this at the time. You won't if you watch it without uh subtitles, you won't really like it'll take you a little bit to catch on that uh names aren't being spoken. But I wa- uh I personally watch movies with subtitles because I'm somewhat hard of hearing. So I watch the subtitles for preference, and also it's like a weird anxiety thing. Like I like to know what I'm reading. I'm the same way. Also, like with the way some a lot of movies are mixed these days, it sounds like that. Like they go from like really quiet whispers to really bombastic, yes. loud noises. Also, yeah, it, the sound mixing in a lot of, especially horror movies, is extr- it's it's hard to know what volume you want your TV to be sound like set at. And I get why it, it probably works out a lot better. Or it, I, I did I did you watch this in the I, I watched this in the theater. No, I wa- I, I watched it on uh, Hulu. Um, I my initial viewing of it was in the theater, and I think that thing worked. That whole sound setup works yes. great in a theater, or if you have a really nice speaker setup at home, maybe it works out pretty great then. But uh, when it's yeah, when it comes to watching at home, I'm pretty, I'm very much the same way. I like having subtitles and yeah. stuff on. I definitely at some point in my life want a like home theater system, but like I, I'm I'm rocking a it's a nice TV. It's just older, so like. I don't really know if the, cause, and it's it's also one of those TVs where it's like it's if it's either you know at nine or it's at fucking nine hundred like <laughs> it's either too quiet or it's so, it's just absolutely ridiculously too loud. Yeah, and I'll, I'll, every time I kind of think about like it's like I could I could you know maybe I should try to save up and spring for that and I'm like but I do just own headphones. Yes, 
Also, like, I, I watch a lot of anime, so I'm used to reading subtitles anyway, so it doesn't fucking bother me in the slightest. Yeah. But, yeah, so as you mentioned before... Uh, we got yeah, we got her played by Jennifer Lawrence as said before, and then him played by Javier Bardem. And they, I'll just go ahead and say this throughout the movie, do a extremely good job of staying in character. Like they they they, there's not a lot of flim flam. There's not a lot of people. You know, they they have established characters and they stick to them extremely well. Yeah, especially for ones that like are. They're, like exactly who well, well we'll get into it but you know the I- identity of their characters is up in the air for yes. a good chunk of the movie and they do a very good job of taking these potentially very transcendent sort of characters and making them real people i yeah. agree they make them they give it's there's an air of mystery but at the same time like you don't you don't question who they are you might question, you know, how, you know, like, where, you know, why are they, why are they the way they are? How did they get, you know, to this point? And uh, those don't really get necessarily answered so much as just, and which isn't a bad thing. Like, there's no point where I'm like, oh, I wish I, because again, the end will sort of take care of that. But yeah, and uh, also, I'll, I'll, uh, for those of you, uh, for those of you who are watching it for the first time, I'll just let you know. You're going to have a lot of questions as the movies goes on, and you need to get used to the, like, okay, I don't know what's going on, but I'm going to roll with this and yes. see what, if what if anything gets figured out. You and need to kind of let go of the logical part of your brain. Yeah, and uh, I guess from this point on, if you don't want spoilers, this is a good point to stop the podcast and come back, because this is one of those movies where, again, like, it, the spoilers aren't going to do anything, but, if, like, what, like, the things that we will talk about will... Cha- will change the way that you watch the movie, I guess. Yeah, and I it, especially since it is a very uh, artistic movie, I, I'm, I, and we, I think me and Matt are going to talk over our uh, views as to potential meanings as to the movie oh, yeah, a fair absolutely. bit. But I mean, it's art, and so everyone's going to have their own interpretation of it. Uh, and uh, while we. Well, while we each have our own particular interpretations of it, you will most likely have your own too. So, oh yeah. So, to get kind of started, so the end of the whole introduction happens. The house we build, the stuff we see Jennifer Lawrence, and for the most part, it's just kind of her wandering around, finding her husband, and they interact for the first. Maybe I want to say, nah, maybe not ten. I'd say maybe somewhere between five and seven minutes. It's just it's just these two characters, and it's 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 this beautiful old kind of old style farmhouse yes. that is it is it has an odd shape to it. it's like an octagon or hexagon yeah, or something like that it's definitely got a unique architectural design but it's kind of this old style farmhouse uh and uh it's in the middle of like it's in the yeah, middle of this beautiful nowhere. prairie but there's nothing around yeah, it's completely isolated but you get like at the time you, you don't get a sense of uh, anything sinister you don't get any sort of disturbance from the house like you 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 there's this, there's a very big sense of safety from the very beginning until the first guest arrives. Yes, and yeah, and our first guest is referred to as Man, the Man, yes. and that is played by Ed Harris. And this is a good point, a good uh way to kind of talk about our first sort of metaphor. So, because you know it's it's going to be weird to retroactively talk about this, especially because it's a podcast and for time purposes, this is essentially Adam. 
Yeah. Okay. So this whole thing, uh, and this is, the, and we aren't the first to come up with this interpretation, uh, but there, there's definitely this whole critique of uh, sort of the Judeo-Christian idea of God happening throughout this entire movie. Uh, him and her, uh, him is definitely some sort of uh, stand-in for God. Or, yeah, some or is, is, is very easily interpreted as a stand-in for God. Yeah. Um, and um, her would be... Well, I, and this is where it gets strange mm-hmm. because there is a mixing of Judeo-Christianity and uh, not necessarily paganism, but the idea of a Gaia or Gaia, however you mm-hmm. prefer to pronounce it. And I could honestly, this is a topic I could geek out a bunch. This is uh, uh, like I could geek out about this sort of thing for hours. But uh, uh, yeah, basically she is a the female complement to God, whether you want to refer to I think of that idea as a goddess or in Christianity be Mary, the uh, Virgin Mary, potentially possibly. I yeah. think uh, Hebrew has an idea of it uh, uh, that that it's, it can be interpreted as wisdom. Uh, basically there's a, a female compliment to God yes. of some sort. Just the, the, I guess like just the womb of the universe essentially. Yeah. So the, the first man shows up and uh, her is very, unnerved by this because again they're in the middle of nowhere and you don't like as you're watching this you don't know that this there's you know all of this is just metaphorical you don't and yeah there's no roads anywhere nearby there's no way anyone could drive up you don't see a car that he's come from there's a man that just shows up on their door and it's ed harris who if you don't know from his stuff in history of violence and the rock and stuff like that he's he's a kind of a scary dude yeah he's he's an interesting fellow so, uh, him, of course, is uh, ecstatic to have this guest because, you know, they're... Uh, they're and uh, one of the things they establish early on, I, I, uh, is uh, super important, is that him is a, uh, a poet, a yes, writer, yes, yes, yes. Uh, and is, has been struggling. And that's kind of like uh, her, uh, uh, Jennifer Aniston's character uh, is... <laughs> or sorry, yeah, Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> Jennifer Aniston would also have been a weird choice in this movie. That would have been very awkward. Yeah, <laughs> but Jennifer Lawrence's character is basically the homemaker in a very literal sense too. Uh, during that opening scene, I believe they pretty much uh, reveal that she is the one who redesigned this house. Yes. This this is uh, this is the uh, him. Uh, this is Javier uh, Bardem's character's childhood home at, that we learned burned down. In a ch- in a fire previously, but uh, Jennifer Lawrence's character, her, she completely renovated the place. She uh, she chose every, uh, and you see her throughout the entire movie working on this house, painting the walls. And there's a uh, you you get it like there's not even like they don't even necessarily like hide it. There she has a deep connection with this house because she'll press her ear to the wall and hear the heartbeat li- the literal heartbeat it'll zoom in and show a heart she'll she'll feel the heart so the heart or the home is in my opinion uh meant to kind of represent literally earth in my like essentially yeah and we, we're well and we're, we're going to be revisiting all these concepts too throughout this whole yeah. thing because oh, yeah. they all get developed but uh ba- main thing i want to touch base on is that uh javier damn him is a poet that has been struggling to create and has not written anything yes. in a very long time. And he's just kind of been sulking in his study. And it's uh, her has been 
the one basically keeping everything in order. Yeah. And then that then we get the man entering. And so yeah, and the man and and of course you know because it's again just them, uh, him sees or feels it extremely just elated to have this other person around. They become fast friends. They go on hikes together, but slowly you find out that uh, which again is. Well, you know, one more metaphor, how quickly man comes in and is dying. Yeah. And uh, the other thing that he learns is because uh, initially the man, when he comes in, basically is like, oh, I was told to come here. I ha- thought I had a room reserved. I, th- I thought it was basically a bed and breakfast. Yeah, they, they, th- That's what is very also confusing about this is all of this metaphorical stuff is st- uh, is speaking retroactively after having seen the movie. When you're watching this for the first time. You will have none of this information. Yes, and okay, so yeah, the, all, really the storyline is struggling poet uh, and his wife are in this house, and a man comes up and it's like, oh, I was told to be here. Uh, I, I'm a doctor in yeah, town, and I was, I was told I could just stay here. And uh, the man or him uh, come and comes forward. It's like, oh yeah, you can totally stay here. And uh, her Jennifer uh, Jennifer Lawrence's character is like, wait, what? You you're just gonna let? random guy on the porch stay here yeah like she's not happy with it but you know him is extremely and it's definitely very hard to use these awkward fucking uh pronouns to talk about characters but. and I, i'm even looking at the wikipedia page and i mean that's how they describe yeah, it it's, it's him and her and then uh and then we have the man and then we have man yeah. so all that happens and uh not really i mean there's not much i guess worth mentioning until we find out that uh so man is sick. He's dying, and we also learn that he is a fan. Well, of that, yeah, we found that out after the. Oh, is that okay? Yeah, because uh, yeah, yeah, he like so, because uh, yeah, we find out, and then like in the morning he's like, oh, he's dying. You know, he's a big fan. Blah blah blah. He wants to meet me. But an interesting thing that um that I noticed is uh, there's a scene where we find out that man is sick. Well, we we don't necessarily <laughs> find out that he he's the two were drinking. And uh, it's implied that, you know, oh, maybe man had too much to drink. But what's an interesting thing is man has a wound on his back, kind of near where his ribs would be. So that kind of, uh, in, like, in my opinion, I mean, and again, because this is an artistic interpretation, like, I might be totally wrong. But the, based on where the wound was, it looked about where his ribs would be. And then the next day, woman shows up. Yes. And, uh woman uh the wife of man of the of the man shows up uh who goes by the name of woman who is played by michelle pfeiffer yes and that's when the tensions start to get real strange because woman has zero regard for uh hers home which it it drives her absolutely insane and yeah uh woman is uh is kind of a bitch throughout the film yes she is woman is not pleasant and so uh and so in the in the practical sense of what we see in this film though is we see uh you know this idyllic home gradually kind of get uh like it starts off with man man showing up and just being allowed to be there and him is spending all of his time there and they they kind of get a little crazy like say they they drink they smoke indoors which is like her hates the fact that they're smoking indoors uh and then uh, the woman and then woman comes along and then just more and more of these little violations of uh, hers 
home rules yeah. and like it, they gradually start to take more and more advantage of the home more and more advantage of their hospitality and they like like i think she walked does she walk in on them having sex at some point like yeah well that happens so okay sorry uh what happens is so the day before a woman shows up um uh, man or uh him had shown man this bizarre glass creation and it's never explained like what it is but it's explained that it's rare extremely difficult to find yada 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 it's it's one of a kind and it was also the only thing that survived the fire that burned down this house yes. previously so then woman shows up and uh him had basically like said like this is my room nobody come in here unless i'm in here this is my place woman and man disregard that and woman breaks the glass bobble. Yes, they're, they're, they're both looking at... It's this fancy glass crystal rock thing. And it shatters, which yes. we have our... In my, I mean, there's been multiple, but our second metaphor that is a little bit somewhat more hidden, which would be the apple from Eden. Which is something I hadn't thought about until you brought it up when we were discussing this earlier. But it, yeah, it's... Yeah, you have man and woman. Uh, yeah. The, yeah. And uh, this is when him actually starts to actually exert any authority whatsoever and um and completely flips out banishes he, them he banishes them uh, and she like tries to get them completely out of the house and i think that's when she walks in yes. on them having sex exactly uh and then uh but him not only just like banishes them from the room but straight up boards up the uh doors to yes. the study so eden is no more yes and uh and uh, and so they get kicked out, if I remember correctly, right? Or they get out of the house. They were supposed to be getting kicked out, but then oh, sun shows up. Yes, Is, uh, which I'm assuming it's probably named Sun. I don't know. It's I think they're yeah I think they're just both referred to as sons. Yeah. So uh, there's there's oldest son and yeah. younger brother. Oldest son shows up, and I believe that he is just concerned about where his father has been. And then youngest son shows up and is okay. extremely distraught. No, it's 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 the other way. Oh, okay. Let's oh, here. Okay, sorry. Uh, there are two sons. Uh, sh- uh, show up. Like I think I think you're right. Younger brother shows up first, and is the one who's like, uh, older son is freaking out because, uh, apparently he uh the older son learned that he was being cut out of the will. Yes. Older the older brother is like. He's the drunk. He was. He shows up like drunk, if I remember correctly. Yeah, right? he shows up in well, in some sort of state, essentially. Yeah. Which I'm pretty sure this is supposed to be Cain and Abel, but I might be wrong on that. I think that I think that's a uh, spoiler alert. Yeah, I think that's kind of pr- yeah. uh, proven through. So yeah, essentially, so they you know blah blah blah. They start fighting, and of course you know, uh, her is like, what the fuck is going on? Like, get these crazy people out of my house. And it's younger brother kills older brother, uh, or vice versa. Uh, it's yeah. A older son kills younger son. Yeah, he takes or a younger brother. He takes some sort of thing, bashes him in the head, and it, uh, fucking it was it was a doorknob. That yes. was what I remember. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And they say that they take him to a hospital, which I'm assuming I don't know how that exactly works within this universe, but exactly. Well, it's like they, they're like, okay, we're gonna take him to the hospital, and then they go outside, and you don't see anything. Yeah, and just nothing else happens. And then they come back, and you just find out that uh, son is dead. Uh, yeah. Well, and uh, so and then mother like after so. Uh, him leaves with the man and woman and with the brothers, uh, ex- except uh, older son doesn't leave with them. He actually, after he... He leaves into the woods. Yeah, he flees into the woods. Which is a, a, a weird metaphor again. 
Yeah, and uh, mother is, or sorry, not mother. Uh, oh, her is left uh, in the house to clean up the bloodshed. Like, yes. li- like she literally has to clean up this big puddle of blood that's in the middle of her home. Um, which somehow damages like a, like a knot in the like the hardwood. Yeah, at, yeah. As she cleans up, there's like, a, like a, there's a wound in the floor. Yeah, like a literal much. wound, and it's really, and that's when the movie starts getting really like you can like that's when the first. Like, the first horror themes, I guess, would have essentially been the tension of woman. But the first visual horror themes are when you see the, like, wound in the house. And it's, like, a flesh wound. And a lot, I think a lot of, like, that in the initial, like, tension the movie builds up, which is what I found so effective for me, it's all social tension. It's all, yes. like, we, 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 we both watch it, so we have these, like, uh, high fluting concepts we've attached to it. But... Uh, the actual things you're seeing on the screen are like interpersonal arguments and tensions yes. and rude guests and drama happening that you have no control over. And that, I mean, I know for me that that is a thing that like gets my hair up on end. Yes, you feel extremely uncomfortable, which is fantastic. It's it's a horror movie that it, it plays on rather than being like, oh, this is really spooky. Oh, this is, you know, this is... Whatever, this, it's playing on social norms and making you feel like, oh, this is really uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially if you're someone who's ever lived with, I mean, or, you know, even anyone who's lived with a family or roommates or anything like that, you know about, like, those little, I mean, for like, those little microaggressions, yes. those little things that will start to get on you. And, you know, they can gradually build up to be bigger and bigger things, which is something, a, a, another theme we'll see uh, keep continuing throughout this movie. Correct. So, uh, Fast forward a little bit, just for the interest of time. So we have the there's essentially a funeral starts to happen. Yes. Son dies. Everybody's and then just people, random people that make zero sense start showing up to this yeah. house. Yeah, uh, him invites initially just the initial family back uh, to mourn, and her is not happy about this at all. But right. like is like okay, their son's dead, whatever. And then the movie starts to ramp up quickly. So what starts to happen is just people. Just, like, an absurd amount of people start showing up. And they're not acting as though they're at a funeral. They're just kind of, like, they're they're essentially what, what would account, you know, be, you know, tantamount to a party. Like, they're not listening to the rules. And, in, in fact, actually, literally, at one point, two party guests uh, actively disobey the wishes of her and damage the house and cause the sprinklers and just a literal uh, flood yeah it's it's basically like it's like it's and it they do such a good job of like weaving it into like this kind of chaotic mess because it just starts off with at first a few people then it becomes eight then gradually you start to like you're you kind of see it from jennifer lawrence's character from her perspective uh as she sees just like gradually she's like more and more people are coming in she's like wait wait what's going on here and then the other guests are behaving badly in the other in other rooms and all this time she's like yelling at in particular these this couple like don't sit on the sink in the bathroom it's not fastened down and she's like she keeps on like she this she keeps on like telling people this a couple of times and then yeah like i might said. be misremember i might be misremembering it but was it two women it was a man and a woman okay, as the la- yeah is is i think was the word the, and it was like because at first they were like, oh, my bad. and But then, like, yeah. there's the man and woman who were like, no, it's fine. They literally start hopping yeah. up and down on, like, the sink. And then it bursts and essentially floods out the party, which, again, we are at another biblical, you know, metaphor, the flood. 
and people are literally flooded out of the house and it's left alone there's nobody left yeah except for him and her correct everybody's gone and uh basically uh they, uh, she starts laying into him for the fact that he has completely neglected her and neglected what she's wanted. Like, cause she's been against all of this stuff. That's all these random guests showing up. She's just been at best tolerating it, but she's been clear about the fact that she's not comfortable with this and he's completely ignored her. Oh yeah. And it ends at, at this point. Also, she uh, brings up, uh, this is something as a line that was dropped earlier. Like he talks about the fact that they wanted to have kids. And then she calls him out on the fact, like you had like, th- she basically says we haven't fucked in. Oh yeah. Long. Something, you know, about fucking. And then, you know, they fuck. Then they fuck. Yes. Yeah. And then it's, it's a, a rough uh, bout of consensual sex on the staircase. Yes. Which leads to a pregnancy. Yes. Which then, uh, just again, so there's more calm, which isn't as entertaining to talk about, but so on. And but then it's also when he finds out that, or when he finds out that she's pregnant, he writes. Yes. Po- yeah. He, yeah. He starts writing again. Exactly. So yeah, there's the calm, everything's going, and then and also I, he unboards the yeah study. Yeah, that's correct. Right. So yeah, that so all that happens. So he writes this, and it's implied that this thing that he's written for the first time ever is just just astronomically beautiful and profound and it's just it's the it's you know everybody it's just crazy and uh, the because the thing is you don't actually you don't hear any aspects of the poem itself when you see Jen, uh, when you see her read the poem you actually see this this whole uh, scene like taking place around her of like this beautiful field and then their their hat their house that they've made together like it's just like it it just shows like the scene of beauty unfolding around her and she starts to weep that it's so beautiful yeah so he has sent it off to his publisher and then slowly but surely things start to get crazy because people have read this poem and they they want to meet the create at this point do they start calling him the creator or the author the, the author yes so they start. Uh, people start showing up to the to the house, mm-hmm. and it's it starts as a, as a pretty tame and, crowd. And yes, and at this point also, uh, her is visibly pregnant at this point, yes. and she she's like, uh, this all starts when she creates like a really beautiful feast for the. It's they're gonna have this big romantic dinner, and then yes, then the fans start showing up. Yes, and once again, but much more uh, violently, things start to go buck wild so she's pregnant she has this baby um she's made this whole dinner blah 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 she and, and so fans start showing up outside and it's at first you look i think you get a kind of glimpse outside it's a good dozen people yeah maybe. it's n- it, which is ooh, good callback good dozen and also yeah no if you look back uh through these scenes you'll find out a lot of the guests are the same uh folks you see from other scenes but they're dressed differently they look differently oh um, but, uh, uh, but at first, like, I didn't know that actually. Yeah. And at first though, she's like, she tells him like, she's like, these people need to stay outside. You're not coming in. And, but then what happens, like the thing that starts off the initial trigger of it is that there's a little boy outside who wets himself. Yes. And the mother like is like, and the, and so he, he, him lets the mother and son in, uh, and she's like, okay, okay, fine. Okay. Bathroom's over there. Yeah. And then hell breaks loose. Yeah, it's it's literally like just one act of mercy, and then just 
chaos ensues. And when I say like chaos, I'm not talking like, you know, I'm not, I'm like I really I struggle to find a different word because it starts out as just there's people everywhere, there's people everywhere, and very very suddenly turns into a profound amount of violence. And it's uh, I I was talking with Matt about this earlier, and what I what I told him is, is this is actually the closest I've had a movie come to approximating like nightmares I've had. Yes. Where it's, you understand this process that's happening. It's like more and more people are coming in and you're losing more and more control gradually, but you're not quite sure how A is leading to B is leading to C. You're just seeing that you, that, that control is being lost here. There are a bunch of people around that you no longer know. Yeah. And it's, it, 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 it nightmarish feels absolutely correct because it goes from just strange to kind of I wouldn't say funny but like humorous and in, into in just blinding violence. Yeah, it's I mean it starts off with like yeah they flood that like uh, gradually and like they start coming in through the back door. They start seeing people come in through windows, I believe. Yes, and uh, like so basically it just starts being filled with fans and him is so caught up in the adulation he's receiving from these people these people love him and they start talking about how his book has changed their lives um man and woman i believe are do they show up again i I believe so yeah um and they are they're all talking about like everyone is talking about how much his the hymns poetry has changed their lives and he that 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 is his concern is talking to his fans and being polite to his fans and uh listening to everything they have to say he doesn't notice that her is struggling and losing and just is terrified yeah because things are going completely tits up and people are uh it starts people are stealing stuff like she she notices people stealing stuff from the kitchen and uh uh there's one there's one woman in particular like the first time you see someone just blatantly grab something and steal uh stealing that like uh it's, it's this older uh woman stealing something and she's like wait no that's ours what the hell are you doing and uh she responds she's uh, she said uh she said uh he said we should uh we should all share freely amongst each other yep. and then she just leaves which is an interesting like thing because you know we we especially the modern political climate you know socialism is such a i mean and i don't necessarily outright disagree with socialism but it is an interesting concept of the idea of complete free sharing where it's, you know, I don't think, I don't know if that's exactly what this guy intended to share or anything, but it it definitely shows like there has to be order among what is being shared. Well, and I think uh, for me, it more, I think it more touches on like maybe just because close to my own experience. Like if you've ever known like anyone who's been in like the sort of the hippie dippy commune sort of lifestyle, like the, like some of those basic, like really good sounding of ideas of like, oh, we will share what we have. We will kind of keep things in common. Like it's like those ideas start off sounding really good. But the moment that someone's like, oh, yeah, we share stuff in common. So this is mine now and this yeah. is mine now. And gradually, like, you know, a good idea with a few bad people taking advantage of it com- turns to complete chaos. Exactly. So it, it's it's a good idea. At, you know, and and that's why I really like the way that it plays out. Is it, it, it presents itself as a good idea, but it doesn't. The idea doesn't falter because of the idea itself. The idea falters because of misinterpretation. Well, I think I think that's part of it too. But I think that also, uh, especially when it comes to because uh, uh, if I mean if we're going with the Christian metaphor of it, right? Like the, uh, uh, 
sorry the idea of uh sort of that more like the, the radical jesus-y sort of thing like uh, you know, I'm giving everything to you and, you know, take a, you know, take what you will, you know, I'll get, uh, like the, if you giving someone the shirt off your back, that sort of thing. It's like that radical sort of notion is, you know, it's profound and it's intense and it changes lives, but also like on that practical, on the, on, on the level of her, it's like, no, I worked hard to make some stuff here. Like I, I, this, like this, all this is also part of me and you aren't, no one's caring about that. Yeah, exa that's exactly it. It's not that it's, yeah, it's just people are taking advantage is what it is. And if, and if we want to take it back to like the whole theological thing where it's, uh you know, God gives, gave earth to man and gave, a, gave humanity dominion over the earth. And meanwhile, earth's like, wait, what the fuck? Yeah, it's like, hey, uh, I was here first. And I was creating this beautiful thing, and it's being destroyed by this creation. Mm -hmm. And you aren't seemingly aren't paying attention. <laughs> right. So this whole mess of craziness is happening. And one of my favorite scenes comes up, and a man is carving into a wall. And her comes up to him, and she's like, why are you doing this? And he says, to prove that I was here. Which just, I really, really liked that. How's a, a one-off line? I, I, I didn't start. That, that's the thing about this movie. Uh, if you like this movie, it's someone I think you're going to want to watch again because there's so much that happens in every single scene. Like, And there's an aspect of it that I almost compared to uh, like Children of Men. Have you seen Oh, that? yeah. That's so, I watched that in high school, at, and like I was like, this is just kind of a weird movie. And then watching it like later as an adult, you're like, I missed a lot here. Yeah, and it's like there's so much there's so much going on in the background. There is so much going on in every scene, and so much that's being said by everybody that you there there will be stuff you miss. And if you want to dig in deep, there's a lot to dig into. Children of Men is definitely a good movie to compare this to. Like I I definitely felt a little bit of those vibes when I was watching. Well, especially like, and this is something that I'm always amazed when movies can do it. They they transition so like. If like I've only seen a handful of directors really do it so well, where they transition from calm, like general peacefulness, dialogue, that whole thing, and then they train, then then they do a transition to just complete and utter chaos. Okay. But it's like, but you can actually like you're you're along for the ride. It's not like there's not like a music cue and everything, and it's not like a, I mean, like it's not like an action movie where it's like. And then explosion and music cue and rock and roll, and now we have action scene. It's like no, it's like your conversation like and then you see something go wrong and then things go a little more out of control and then you're surrounded by folks and yeah yeah it's it's it it really does capture the feeling of being overwhelmed like the whole time i'm watching the movie it it made me uncomfortable alone in my room like oh my god this is so many fucking people like and i'm i'm not even particular like i'm not like i would consider myself extroverted i enjoy being around people i like crowds as weird as that is but because of the confined space and the way that these people were behaving and just the chaotic nature of what was happening. And also, like, again, when I say violence, I mean, like, literally at one point, like, there's just people being gunned down. Yeah, and uh, uh, and we can move on to that point here in a second. I, one thing I just wanted to touch base with you on, I, was, uh, I, don't, I, I don't know if you, uh, like, if you've ever been to, like, any house parties or college parties oh, or yeah. anything like that. It reminded me of, like, for in some of those more intense 
parties where you're like you're like you're gradually you're like you're kind of there you're hanging out with your friends and then like as the night goes on and things get more ramped up you're starting to be like wait who are all these other people around here what the heck is exactly going on people kind of disappearing off to places people are coming in that you don't know things are getting broken it just like it really like it starts off ramping up in like that more organic way where people are just like uh, it's like you're like okay this is a party that's getting out of control and then it really ramps oh up. yeah it, like it start like it's a, yeah that is a great metaphor because it, it turns from persons to people it turns from people being like you know held accountable to their actions because there's enough people to be accounted for but then there are just so many people that you can't control it because it's like it's it's its own entity you can't control like once something gets that out of control and it, people start doing their own thing because everyone else is doing it they're like while they are they should still be held accountable for their actions they don't see it as that because it's like well everybody's doing this and that's kind of what starts happening with this is because everybody's destroying shit everybody's stealing shit everybody's killing each other is and there's nothing really that could be happening and uh so that yeah so then people basically just start looting the place yes and uh and it goes to complete chaos. She starts going around, and then you start to see like there's like re- there's weird religious symbolism going. Like uh, at one point, you see him like he puts some ink on someone's face. Like he's just uh, like I don't, I don't know if it was intentional. Like he's putting ink on someone's forehead. Yeah. And the person is like filled with religious ecstasy. I've been marked. And then she she runs down. She runs up the staircase, and you see there's literally people with or there's people with what looks like they set up like a full on shrine in the hallway. Like there's like uh, like I'm not sure what you call it. The uh, religious there's religious iconography pretty much hanging yeah. from the ceiling. There's candles burning, and it looks like people are pre- are praying. And uh, it it goes into a full on uh chaotic battle pretty much everywhere. You have people. You have pe- you have people fighting each other over things in the house. You have uh there there's uh. And then uh, you see the f- folks walking around with smudges on their foreheads and like smudging each other, like a, uh, like a like it's a full on religious ritual, and an army like uh and it, it, at this point chaos like they they're destroying the house. Yeah, the house is being fucking, completely destroyed. Yeah. Uh, the army comes like uh, or or police or something come in uh, because like and, and now you, when you get uh, you get a few glimpses of the outside, the house is surrounded by people. Just, There's yeah. hundreds and hundreds of people around this and house. And more coming. Like it, they're just emerging from the woods. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they've got these people coming from the woods. There's like, like, uh, like Brad mentioned people, like army men start coming in essentially and trying to escort her to safety. And it just doesn't work. And the man that is escorting her gets shot by an unknown force mm-hmm. yeah uh like yeah uh and and she's full-on pregnant during this entire thing yes. she's visibly on the verge of like like she's eight or nine months along as you're uh, uh, during this whole thing and she is just at uh, now now is just trying to survive and yeah uh like the random military or policeman comes in and like is like and she's like okay i'm following you now and then he gets shot and then, uh, and th- this is a character, uh, her, uh, his publicist, which I actually didn't notice this till now, is referred to in the credits as the Herald. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Uh, is, like, she is rescued by the publicist, but when she goes with the publicist, she sees the publicist or- is organizing, pub- like, s- full-on mass executions yeah, of people. Yeah, it's really, really It's like weird. Tiananmen Square, sh- like, be- like, shooting people in the back of the head. Yeah, like, she's got, like... 
uh, rows of three, like two rows of three, and she has two handguns, and she literally like walks up the rows and just fires three times with each into the heads of the people on the floor, and then she's like, "All right, line up the next ones." Mm-hmm. And so her and so her runs and also goes into labor. Yes. So then eventually she, I'm not, I and it's, I can't remember exactly what happens, but uh, he, uh, he, she, her goes to find him. And eventually does through these throngs of uh, believers who are all completely disregarding her. Yeah, they don't give a fuck. And so she finally finds uh, him and is basically like, I'm giving birth. And so uh, they retreat into the study and wall themselves off. But all is not well in their marital world because her refuses to let him really assist at all with the birth mm-hmm. and she has the baby and she will not let him touch him yes so she's mothering this child and yeah also at this point it, it becomes completely silent outside of the room yes. like all the chaos is completely as far as we can tell ended it is silent everywhere because again if you know if, if we're meant to interpret this as eden it is supposed to be what would essentially be quote-unquote you know heaven it's not part of the house at this point it feels like because there's not really chaos happening in the like there's not because everything every other part of the house had shit coming in through the windows but this part of the house is completely left alone like and there's nothing yeah and uh but so after she gives birth and after they have like that kind of a quiet moment he's like uh someone knocks on the door and like i think he gives him like uh like some gifts yeah it's like a bowl of fruit and you know, so so they're giving uh they get the they get the fruit and uh, her is eating the fruit for sustenance and to feed this baby but she is trying to stay awake because she does not want him to have access to this child yes and be- because he specifically says uh they they want to see they want to see him they want or they want to see my child they want yes. to see my son and she's like no of course no what <laughs> absolutely not and 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 what is like my favorite it's such a great dynamic here because you as the audience member are also like what the hell yes of course you're not gonna let this like because him at this point you're like this man's a freaking madman yeah, it's a, nar- a narcissist a narcissist sociopath and uh unfortunately of course uh her falls asleep mm-hmm. and it like takes a good day like i think that like the movie depicts it as being like pretty much a, almost like a full like night into day maybe even more like it's yeah. definitely implied that a a very long span of time and he just like and there's no like physical fight between them it's literally he just sits down in front of her and is just sitting there waiting for her to fall asleep and eventually uh she does she wakes up very very suddenly does not have the baby and neither does he yes uh she sees him go out to the people yes and it's gonna get rough here people And yeah, and this is where the movie has who uh, who was it that you were telling me has d- dubbed this movie as yes, uh, it was uh, Kyle Smith from uh, the National Review Online, which is a Republican conservative uh, magazine. And this this is one of the things that uh, uh, Aussie drew my attention to to begin with. He called it the most vile movie ever made, and we will explain why shortly. So uh, he takes the baby out. And in in a weird sense, now that I think about it, it's definitely symbolic that he hands the baby over to the people, yes, to the people, and to he the, is 
taken down the stairs. Yes, and like they they are. It starts off they're carrying they're like basically crowd surfing the baby backwards, and it is not enjoying itself, crying, screaming, like really just obviously in distress. Mm-hmm. And the crowd is starts to go nuts again, and the and her is diving into the crowd trying to get her kid back, and the crowd starts to get whipped up into a frenzy, and then you hear the baby's neck snap because of course it's a newborn his head isn't being supported and then just over dead and it just and she uh she wades into the crowd trying to find her her son and it, it gets she gets near to one of uh, yet another shrine that they've all set up in her house run by a man who appears to be the devil in my opinion I think he's a combination of the devil and a clergy member. Yeah, I think, I think it's a, it's a full on combination of yeah, the two. Yeah, it's because it, he is clearly the, like uh, just based on visual appearances, intended to be sinister, evil looking, not a good man. But he also has the smudge yeah. and is acting as a priest figure he's, during yeah, this whole he's thing. In- he's exuding some kind of authority, but also is not. You could just tell like he he radiates bad energy yes and they have torn the baby apart yes and they are eating it yes the the you, you see the carcass of the baby and you uh it cuts around and you're seeing people all with like little bits of like flesh all eating them very devoutly yes which again if you are uh aware of how i think i i don't know if all i'm pretty sure that may, maybe all religions do this but the, it's intended obviously the host yeah, specifically like it's it's very much like uh, especially if you're if you're of the Catholic belief, it's like where you believe it's like the bread and wine or literal flesh and blood in one way. Uh, it's I mean it's definitely going for some heavy like uh, Eucharist symbolism there. Which is I mean, it, it's funny because you know if they if the you know the wine and the wafers are meant to be literally the blood and body of Christ, ritual cannibalism. But when it's depicted as literal ritual cannibalism, you think it's barbaric and disgusting. And I mean, and, and, and so I mean to get back up on the high flute and high horse, you have literally uh, the father giving over his son to the people to be killed and devoured and uh, and yeah c- and consumed. So after that, basically, you know, she's just she's over everything and and she. Just screams at the top of her lungs, and the house itself shatters. Like it, it just shudders and like quakes, and the floor buckles. And basically everything just goes. And yeah, like it's just oh, like you can just tell like this is the penultimate. Like there's, it's over. It's the first time I think we actually see something true, like full on supernatural happen in the movie. Well, with with the exception of maybe the, that initial wound from the blood. Yeah, that one was. But in this case, this is something full on supernatural. Like she, like the house, like like. Sh- it's uh, I think the movie makes pretty clear like she like she's into the house and she just fucking starts rip like she rips it apart yeah just destroys it and I mentioned this earlier in the movie uh oh yeah okay. the, so the earlier in the movie she had uh after sh- like healing or cleaning up the blood she goes down to you know clean up because it appears that you know blood has dripped down from the floor that she was on to this basement area and in this basement area there's like a uh, a light bulb that fills with blood explodes and you know, at least yeah, that's this movie, right? Mm-hmm. I, I wasn't sure if that was. Uh, I watched The Conjuring recently, so I don't know if that Wait, was. Yeah, I'm, I, I can't. 
something happens with the light bulb down there. Yeah. She goes down into the uh, cellar and like she sees the furnace down yes. there. So there, yeah, there's a furnace in the lower level, which again, more symbolism because heat, bottom, hell, da ba da ba da. So she goes down to what I guess would technically be hell, which is empty, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, uh, sh- we we know she has this. She knows about the this basement area before. Like she's had some weird connection with it before. Uh, but after she has her, uh, a- a- uh, uh, after she like kind of has like her initial like she taps into the house and like has like like starts to wreck shit. Him comes along. Yeah, he's down there. Oh, uh, well, no, uh, uh, this is while she's still up on that first main floor, oh, while okay. she's still in front of everyone. Uh, because, well, oh, this is also what happens. Um, she uh, she gets pissed off, does that, buckles the floor, and st- uh, she starts stabbing them with a shard of glass. Oh, yes. And they all then proceed to beat the shit out of her. Like, all these people gather around her, and it is a brutal scene. Like, it is a weird combination of almost, like, because I, I, it's hard to describe because you just start seeing, like, fists and feet just come out of nowhere and just beat the crap out of her absolute fuck and it is like it it, like there's an aspect of that almost seems cartoony because you're you're you see it all so stark and clear all these fists are coming from out of nowhere but you're seeing her be savagely beaten yeah just completely fucked up um and then him intervenes and and uh and and he tells and and he's like and he like he, he he rescues her but then he's like we, we, we must forgive them. Yes. Yeah, it's... I forgot about... Yeah, that is right. Which is... And she's like, no, fuck that. Yeah, and he's and, and he's like, no, look at look look, look at them. They're all so they're sad. sad. They're and, sorry. And, and the, the, the crowd around them is crying. But, like, this is the crowd that just got done eating their son and beating the shit out of her. And then he's just like, no, no, no. We must forgive them. It will, it will mean so much if we forgive them for what they've done. Yeah, and she's and, like, nah. Yeah, and and she's yeah, she's not having none of it. And then that's when she goes down to the basement. And so I believe she cuts a hole in what is a some sort of fuel source. Yeah, the the oil tank of the furnace. And he comes down, or him comes down rather, mm-hmm. and is like, no, don't do this, blah blah blah. You know, tries to stop her. And there's again some sort of dialogue between the two. And yeah, and. It's an awesome sight when this. I mean, the, the the scene where like yeah, I can't remember exactly what the dialogue exchange between yeah. the two was, but she is just covered in blood, yeah. an absolute wreck. But like, and but she's there like with oil on her under her with a match in her, or with a lighter in her hand. Yep. Oh, cause the lighter that man. Oh, I didn't even. I totally didn't even. I didn't even realize that. Fire. Now, yeah, yep. I did Well, and I didn't even re- realize that now too. Uh, there's the lighter that man used when he was smoking indoors when he yes, wasn't supposed to be smoking he man discovered fire okay fuck cool another thing we see this or, movie yeah. has a lot of shit you won't even notice until you think about it so yeah so she blows up the house yeah she, she drops the lighter and fire just consumes the entire house and yeah so that, like again just in the interest of time here that all happens and it's just him completely unscathed yes not burned at all like not harmed so clearly obviously like this is where you can like if you weren't aware of it before the obvious god metaphor is just completely hammered in like do you do you get it now yeah it's like yeah and she her is fucked up she is actually she is like completely charred but alive yes and they have some sort of discussion he he picks her he picks her up and is like carrying her as they're talking 
and one of the lines and it was you uh again there's a bunch of other stuff but the only really i mean there's a bunch of other you know quote-unquote important stuff but the most important line that i really liked of it was you never loved me you just loved how much i loved you yeah that's what that's what she tells him and he kind of just agrees Mm -hmm. and uh uh and the only reason i'm remembering this specific one is because it's in the uh the thing i'm reading uh is uh he lays her down and he says i'm and he asks uh for her love and she will not give it. No, no, she agrees. Oh, no, yeah, that's right. All right, uh, and uh, uh, she's like, uh, she's like, yes, take it. Oh, yeah, and, and it's the one of the glass baubles that she, got shattered. He digs into her chest yes. and pulls out that glass stone that we saw at the very beginning. And she, and does she turn to ash at that point? Yeah, I think yeah. she full on falls apart at that point. And then it all starts again. Yeah, he takes it. You see him put it on that stand it's the it's i think it's pretty much the ex- it is the exact, yep, the exact same, same as stand. the opening scene and yep. and the house restores but then there's a different woman in the bed uh, yeah yeah it is uh, it is a different woman like it uh, is a different does she have different hair color or something yeah or? it's like it's she looks similar but it's different mm, yeah so yeah it all starts over and that is mother yes so yeah uh i i really like this movie I would probably give it 8 out of 10 vampire or 8 out of 10 Draculas, rather. I'm not going to fuck this up because Eric will get mad at me. <laughs> I uh, I would give it a good uh, 4.5 out of 5 Yahweh's. Hell yes. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Brad, do you have any shows coming up or anything that you want to you know, hype real quick? Uh, let's see here. Tuesday nights, I'm always at uh, Lefties for the open mics. Fuck yes. Uh, and aside from that, I... Uh, I got a few projects I'm kind of working on, but nothing I uh, can uh, quite plug yet. But definitely for anyone listening who's in the Des Moines area or was coming to Des Moines area, please stop by on Tuesdays at Lefties. It's best music venue in the city, best open uh, one. Yeah, I'll say best open mic in the city. <laughs> uh, and you can come hang out with Lefty, the owner, three-legged dog. Hell yeah, dude. And yeah, you'll you know uh, the host of the Grove and and uh, co-host of Monster Jamboree will be here, obviously. But uh, yeah, so. You know, I guess I'll go ahead and say, like, you know, head on over to punandgame.com, owned by Mr. Wade Taylor, which they put on some fucking great shows. You can listen to uh, Who Gives a F, Fun Pun Gaming, Monster Jamboree's on there, The Grove is on there, so they have a whole slew of great content, so head on over there if you want to listen up. Uh, as far as plugs go, I don't know if this will come out in time, but the only show that maybe I could think that would come out before you know around when this will be is uh i will be at no sleep on november 10th so it's a great show hell yeah so i'll every time so get yourself some tickets and i think unless you have anything else to add i think we're good here nope thank you so much for having me on and i uh hope i hope to be able to stop by again here soon absolutely we'll have to get you back another time thank you very much no problem thank you peace <laughs>